and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to join us today. Man, this is truly the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad. And man, I'm so glad you took the time out to join us today. Man, we have a great service in, in store. And man, we have a right now word, an on time word. But before we get into that, and according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made unto all men, to kings, and those who are in authority, that our life would be quiet and peaceful in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable to God our Savior, who would have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Man, over the last couple of days and even going on early today, in the maritime region, they had a, a Hurricane Fiona and they had uh, severe winds and storms that was going on. And we just want to lift them up in our prayers right now in the name of Jesus. You know, that's what we do. We pray. The body of Christ is, to, is supposed to pray for one another. And that's what we're going to do right now. So add your faith with mine. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise. We thank you for this opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, we lift up. Nova Scotia, the providence of Nova Scotia, uh, New Brunswick, Newfoundland and Labrador, and Prince Edward Island before you now in Jesus' name. Father, we declare no weapon that's formed against them shall prosper. Every tongue rose against them and judge we condemn and find it be in the wrong. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray shalom, peace. Peace be still. Winds be still. Storm waves settle. And, and and rain cease right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that power is restored to that region right now in the name of Jesus. Lives are restored, Father God. Put back together in Jesus' name. Satan, we bind you in every operation you had set up against them now. We command you to cease in your maneuvers. You will desist in your operations right now in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus over Newfoundland, Labrador, Prince Edward Island, over New Brunswick and Nova Scotia right now in the name of Jesus from top to bottom, from side to side, in Jesus' name. We declare in the name of Jesus that all that was lost is restored unto them now in the name of Jesus. We pray that the gospel will be preached, that they will know that God loves them, God is with them, God will sustain them, God upholds them now in Jesus' name. Let labors be dispatched across their path right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we are ever mindful to give you and you alone the glory, the honor, and the praise for it right now. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Let us all say amen and amen. I want to thank you for taking that time out to join me in that prayer today. It is so important. We Men, all, men and women ought to always pray without ceasing every time you see a situation going on on the news you hear about something man don't just look at it begin to pray begin to intercede for those people begin to lift them up begin to supplicate for them make petitions for them uh before god on their behalf that he will render his divine intervention into that situation in jesus name now we've been spending the last few weeks and this is going to be the last week by no means have we exhausted the subject all the way but this is going to be the last week we're going we're going to be talking about uncovering the hidden strategies uncovering hidden strategies of the enemy and last week we talked about 
what it means to be mingling your seed. So we're going to make this declaration and we're going to jump right into the word in Jesus name. I make this declaration in Jesus name. It says this. It says in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1 that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, open to the prison to them that are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vision. The day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise up the former desolation, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory today that this is the day in which you've made. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Father, as we prepare to dive into your word today, we're expecting revelation knowledge to flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus for manifestation, demonstrations of the Holy Spirit and power. We thank you right now, Father God, that minds will be renewed lives will be changed chains will be broken people will be set free old mind cells are broken off and torn and throw down in the name of jesus and as a result people's lives are changed forever father i pray that our preacher and teacher would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom but father have your way that their faith lie not in the words of man but in the demonstration of the holy spirit and power Father, I thank you for it right now. And believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say this with me. This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me how I should believe. And it tells me how I should walk. The Bible, the Word of God is the most important thing in life say that with me the bible is the most important thing in life it is the most important thing in life in fact it's not just the most important thing the word of god says in proverbs chapter 4 the wisdom of god is the principal thing chief most important above all things so in all you're getting get understand get wisdom and get understanding getting wisdom and getting understanding it comes from the word of god now and our last uh, lesson is going to be, and if I was to give this message a title, the title of this message is Ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Now, I know before you start throwing your rocks and everything, ignorance is bliss. What the world is he talking about? Just sit back and understand. Listen, see, sometimes what happens is we respond so quick without, we only hear part, but we don't hear all. So we respond to the part that we heard, and then we run out there like we got the whole piece of paste, cake, and all you got is a little pinch off the crust of the pie. You have no parts of it, yet you're running out like you got all of it. Listen to it in its entirety before you make a decision in Jesus' name. Now, the word of the Lord for this year of 2022 is this. Uh, the, this is the word that says, this is a year. 2022 is a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. Now, it says he gives you the word of God to bring about correction meaning to raise you up to another standard and when you receive that correction it will point you in a direction or tip point you in the way that 
you should go. And when you make a decision to go that direction, what happens is, is you will end up in protection, meaning you're going to be protected or shielded against things of evil from earth, all earth harm and danger. And it's ultimately goal for the correction, the direction, the protection is to bring you to the point of perfection. Now, perfection means whole, complete, lacking, no good thing. Now, I could tell you that from a fact earlier this week, we was we were we were out on vacation and we got a word and the word came and when the word came to us we heard the word we received the word and then that word actually pointed us in a different direction than what we was going to go or changed our plans on what we were going to do so it brought about protection that kept us from all hurt harm or danger all evil destruction and plague so that when we return home we return home in total perfection or wholeness where there was nothing missing nothing broken and nothing lacking now if we would have been stuck in our own ways we could have just went on and did what we had already planned to do because we already had these plans and in, in place for many for many weeks now but when we heard that word we made a decision to receive it, to act on it, and as a result of it, brought about protection and brought us back home in total perfection where there was nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking. Now, last week we were talking about mingled seeds and how when you mingle your seeds, when you mingle the word and when you mingle the things of the world and you try to mix them together and you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church and you're saying, man, I'm good to go. And God says your seeds are mingled. And what happens is, is your adversary is always trying to get you to mingle your seeds, mingle stuff from the outside with uh, the world, with the things of the, of the word. And when they mingle together, he's planting those seeds in there and, and he's doing it through by, by what it is that you hear by what it is that you watch by what it is that you're saying and the whole point to, about mingling your seeds is so he can contaminate contaminate your field so it will even though you will get a result your your good seed will rise up and the bad seed will rise up and and you may not even be able to tell the difference between the two because it the old seeds have mingled or contaminated or rendered your seed impure that's what happens when in accordance to james chapter 1 verse 5 it's talking about being double-minded it says you know if a man lacks wisdom when he's talking about lacking wisdom do you lack the understanding on how to operate on the knowledge that you have? Wisdom is not knowledge. Knowledge is information. But wisdom is having the understanding and know-how how to apply what it is that you, the knowledge that you have in a, in, in a very practical way to get a result. So God is saying, he's asked, the, the man of God is asking the question, if you lack wisdom if you lack the ability to take the knowledge you have and apply it in practical ways ask god what do you say if you're lacking any wisdom if you're lacking any understanding if you have any 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 any, any uh, 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 issues that you don't know what to do ask god because god it goes on to say it says god gives it to you liberally and without reproach and without guilt and without shame he says and he will and when you ask it of god he will give it to you so if, if you lack wisdom you say man if there's one thing i need right now i need wisdom then he said the word of god says ask god and god who gives freely will give it to you with no reproach 
an abundance. He'll just give it to you. He says, but when you ask God, you got to ask him in faith, not doubting. What does doubting mean? Man, I, I, I'm going to ask him, but I'm not really sure he's going to do it. So I, I'm going to ask him, but I'm really not sure. So so I'm not really going to come in, in confidence, believe it, that I'm going to receive anything. So I'm just going to, I'm going to hope and wish that God is going to, I'm not going to, you know, just do it on because I believe it or because I have a word that says I can do it. I'm just going to throw it up. I'm just going to throw it up. And he says too many people, and that's how they pray. They throw up a prayer and hope is going to hit something. And he says, that's not how it operates. He says, if you understand how the kingdom of God operates, he says, you know, that as a citizen of the kingdom of God, all you have to do is, is ask your heavenly father. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, 16, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He's not telling you come tippy toeing in. Oh, oh, I hope you're going to do it. No, he says, man, come to me, father, because of my relationship with you, because you are the king of the kingdom. And I'm coming to you as a citizen of the kingdom. I'm coming to you, father God, and I'm asking you for wisdom. And I believe I'm going to receive it. And he says, because if you don't, if you come doubting, he says, those who doubt are like a wave. And what does a wave do? A wave in a sea is tossed to and fro. So one minute is going this way. The next minute is going this way. One minute is going this way. The next minute is going. He says, you're like a wave that's tossed to and fro. He says, don't expect that you're going to receive anything. Why? Not because God won't give it to you freely and liberally. He says, but because you have not settled it in your mind that God is even going to be willing to give it to you. And he says, all you got to do is ask. But when you ask, ask in faith, expecting to receive what it is that you're asking for. He says, because a double-minded person, a person who has two opinions about the exact same thing is unstable in all their ways. Why? Because they're one minute they go this way, one minute they go the world's way, the next minute they go in God's way, one minute they want to do it God's way, the next minute, he says, you are double-minded. You have two opinions about the same thing. And because you can't make up your mind what it is you're going to do, how does God know what, he, what it is that you're really asking him? Because you have not settled it before you got there. See, that's what we're talking about, mingle seeds. When your seeds are mingled, you're trying to do it one way, you're doing it God's way, the next minute you're doing it the world's way, and depending on which one you think is the easiest for you, is the route you're going to go. God says, I need you to make a decision where, where you're going to lock in and make his way the final authority. In fact, he says this in First Kings chapter 18, Elijah asked the people of God, now I'm talking to be people of God, in this initiative, but it, it, it's applicable to you even if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you want to get the benefits of a child of the Most High God, all you have to do is make a decision. And that one decision is this. Will you accept Jesus not just as a good teacher, not just as a prophet, but you're going to make him your Lord, and he's going to be your savior, meaning you believe that he died on the cross for you, laid down his life, went to hell for three days, was resurrected on the third day, ascended into heaven and laid his blood on the mercy seat before God. And that from this day forward, you're going to allow him to be the head over your life, meaning the word of God is the, has the final say. Whatever the word says, the word, whatever the God, Bible says, is the final say for your life. 
That's what it means for him to be the head of your life. It means he gets the final say. So Elijah is asking the people because these people have mingled seed. You know, they've been they've been doing idol worship, and then you know they they call themselves that you know they're supposed to be following God. And Elijah asked them. God sent them to them, and he to ask them this question: How long will you falter or, or, or bounce back and forth between two opinions? What's this called? Double-minded. He says, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But what did the people say? Now, he's, he's clearly asking them to make a decision. Which way are you going to go? And the people said nothing. They didn't say anything. Why? Because when you're double-minded, you you're on you're on the fence. And God says, in the in this season, you won't be able to be on the fence because there is no fence. You're either all the way in or you're all the way out, but there is no gray. See, a house that, according to Matthew chapter twelve, verse uh, 12, twenty-two says, a house that is divided against itself cannot. Stand didn't say it didn't want to stand. It didn't say maybe in the sweet by and by it will stand. It says it also says every kingdom divided against itself is brought to destruction or desolation, and every city or house that is divided against itself will not stand. It didn't say you 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 might not be able to stand. He says if you are divided, if you have you know what that word uh, division is to Visions. In other words, you're seeing the same thing in two totally different situations. And you are divided. And most of the time, you are divided in your mind. You are divided in your mind. See, they was the, 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 the Pharisees was talking about, you know, the Jesus. He was casting out people by, by the devil. And, and Jesus asked them a question. How's How's the devil going to cast out the devil? Would that be him working against himself? And it's what he's telling them. He says that uh, every kingdom divided against itself will not, is brought down to the destruction or desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against itself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast, Jesus says, if I cast out demons by Bezalel, and whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come unto you. The whole thing is the kingdom of God is come unto you. Now, you're listening and you're, and you're like, man, yeah, I understand, you know, a person who is double-minded and, you know, and they have two opinions about the same thing. And, and, but what does that have to do with ignorance? Ignorance is simply this, you know, most of the time I've heard ignorance when I was growing up, they just said, man, that person is just so ignorant. They try to put, say that that person is dumb or stupid or unlearned. But the word, if you really look up the word ignorance, the word ignorance, according to the Webster's 1828 definition, is simply this, a won't or absent or destitution of knowledge. In other words, you're not knowledgeable about this particular situation or you're not knowledgeable about this particular circumstance or you're not knowledgeable about this particular uh, 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 situation. In other words, you are in a situation, but you have little to no knowledge about that situation. So in, in your mind, you are ignorant concerning this. Does it make you stupid? 
Does it make you dumb? No, not at all. It just simply means you have not been instructed in that area. And for so many people in the body of Christ, they have not been instructed in, in the areas, even the basic things about the kingdom of God, uh, basic things about walking in faith, the basic things about what it means to walk in love, the basic things of what it means to operate in grace, the basic things of what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know what you don't know can and will hurt you. That's why I talked about it. the adversary wants you to be ignorant. He wants you to be not knowing or not instructed in a particular area. How do you know that this is one of his hidden strategies to try to get you to fall away from God, to get you to 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 fall back into your old way of living, to to have you live far below the life that Jesus came to give you? Well, that's pretty simple. Turn with me over to first Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four, and I'm reading out of the Amplified and the reasons follow. First Timothy chapter four, verse one says this, but the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith. It didn't say that they was going to run away. It says they're going to turn away. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to turn. And we talked about this is a year of correction to bring about direction so what we're doing right now is giving you the correction so you can go in the right direction to keep you in protection to bring you up to the point of perfection it says they fallen away from the faith and the, this is what caused them to fall away from the faith they began to give attention to diluting or seducing spirits and doctrines of demons that, that, that demons teach through the hypocrisy and the pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared or are cataracts who forbid people to marry and teach them to abstain from certain kinds of foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and have and increasingly clear knowledge of the truth. What he said, he says, they're going to begin to turn away and go in a different direction because they have given attention to doctrines of demons are things that go against the true knowledge of God's word. So they're going to become ignorant of the things of God because they're giving so much attention to the things of the adversary. You says, well, what does that look like? What does that look like in the body of Christ? Is that happening in body of the in the church today? Are there people who are actually doing it today? I sad to say it's going on across the body of Christ, even today, right now, and it's sad. And I'm gonna show it to you what it looks like in a practical situation. Second Corinthians chapter eleven says this. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and I'm reading out from verse one. It says this. Now, please bear with me some of, of my craziest moments yet please be patient with me because you need to know that God's passion is burning inside me for you he says this is Paul writing to the church of the Corinthians he says because like a loving father I have pledged your hand in marriage to Christ your true bridegroom. He says, I've also promised that I will present his fiance, talk about the church, to him as a pure 
virgin bride. And then he's, 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 he's mirroring it to what it looks like when a father presents his daughter in marriage. And he, he goes on, he says this, he says, he says, this is what, this was a, what my passion and desire for you is. This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth, which he had birthed. He says, this was my desire for you. But he says, now I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies all the way back in the garden, he says, your thoughts, your your thoughts or way of thinking may have been corrupted or contaminated or mingled and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. In other words, he says, you have, he says, I, I, I'm, I, I'm afraid for you because I believe you are, you have been deceived just like the, like the serpent did Eve through lies in your, in your thoughts and your thoughts have become corrupted and you are beginning to lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. How? How? He says, he, he's saying is, I'm concerned for you because it seems like you're losing that commitment, that pureness of the love that you once had towards Christ. What is causing it? He says, for you seem, this is what's causing it though, for you seem to gladly tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching what are they preaching a pseudo jesus a type of jesus but not the real jesus he says not the jesus that we have preached not the jesus who went to the cross and died for you and, and was resurrected on the third day not that jesus they're not teaching you about that jesus and you have also received a spirit and a gospel that is false rather than the spirit or the Holy Spirit or the gospel you once embraced. In other words, you once embraced the fact that, you know, you are to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you once embraced the fact that the that Jesus is the only way to the Father. And you once embraced the fact that he had went to the cross, died for your sins, and that only by grace are you saved through faith, not of your works. It's a gift of God. He says, but now, he says, how is it that you are so tolerant and you have become imposters or you become hypocrites? In other words, you are no longer committed to the things you was once committed to because you've allowed mingled seeds to come in and you have become more instructed or educated concerning the, the pseudo or false having no, no ability Jesus that they presenting a weak side of Jesus, a weak Jesus and a, a pseudo Holy Spirit. It's not even the real thing. You have allowed yourself to become contaminated. He says you, it didn't say that they forced it. You have made a decision to allow somebody else to come in and sow a different type of seed into your ground. And that's the harvest that you're beginning to go and see. The thing about it is, See, you have God's way, and then you have the adversary's way. The adversary can't choose for you. God can't choose for you. God presents his truth to you. You have to make a decision whether you're going to receive that truth, continue in that truth, walk and live according to that truth, which makes you free, or you can be willfully ignorant. In other words, you can willfully not be instructed about the things of God. You can willfully be blind to the truth, and then you will go away. That seems right, but at the end of that way is destruction. See, even in, in Job 
chapter 21, it talks about how these people were willfully ignorant. It says this in verse 12, it says, out of New King James Version, it says this. It says, they sing to the tambourines and harp, and they rejoice to the sounds of the flute. They spend their days in wealth, and in, in a moment, they go down to the grave. Remember, they party hard, party hard, right? It says, and they spend all their time and their wealth, and he says, and then they, the moment they go down to the grave, yet they say to God, not to man, to God, not to the pastor, to God, hey, you know what? Depart from us, for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is this almighty God that we should serve him? And what profit do we have if we pray to him? In other words, we are willfully making the decision that we don't want to be instructed by God. We don't want to know your ways. We don't want to know your truth. What's the benefit to us if we should serve you? And what is the profit if we pray to you? We going to party. We going to do our own thing. Man, we get, we good to go. We good to go. We don't need your stuff. What are they doing? They're being willfully ignorant. Who made the decision for them? Did God make the decision for them? Nope. Did Jesus make the decision for them? Nope. Did the Holy Spirit make the decision for them? No, they willfully became or ignorant. They willfully made a decision to be unlearned, untaught, uninstructed in the things of God. Man, now you said, okay, man, I'm with you, but why, what's the benefit? What's, what's so important? And, and what does that look like? What's the effect? What's the effect if, I, if I'm willfully ignorant? What's the effect if I'm not instructed into the things of God? What, what, what kind of impact does that have on my life? What's the big deal anyway? Preacher, tell me what's up. I'm glad you said that. Turn with me over to uh, Hosea chapter 4. That's Hosea chapter 4. Now, and many times people preach this, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But let's, let's read it in its full context. Are y'all ready? Here we go. Hosea chapter 4, verse number 1. I'm reading out of the Amplified, and it says this. It says, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, or you children of wherever it is that you live. For the Lord has a controversy or a pleading contention with the inhabitants of the land. He says, because, why does he have a contention with the inhabitants of the land? He says, because there is no faithfulness. He says, there's no love. And he says, or pity and mercy. And this, listen to this. He says, or knowledge of God. From not just, not just having a, heard it, he says, but I'm talking about from a personal experience with him in the land. He says, as a result of their not having being faithfulness or love or pity or mercy or a knowledge of a personal knowledge of God and experience with him in this land or in your land. He says this, he says, there is nothing but false swearing and breaking up faith and killing and stealing and committing adultery. And they break out into violence. One dead of bloodshed falling close to on another. He says, 
If you want to know why there's murdering going on, if you want to know why there's when a swearing and breaking of faith and killing and stealing and committing adultery and all these foul things going on, he says, all you have to do is go back and listen. He says, because there's no love, there's no faithfulness, there's no pity, but most of all, there's no knowledge of God, no personal uh, experience with him in the land or in your home or in your own your job or in your government or in your community or your province or your nation he says if you want to understand what's the root cause behind all this he says lack of knowledge he goes on to say this he says therefore he says as a result of there not being these things in the land and all this other stuff is going on as a result he says therefore shall the land talking about their land shall continually moan and all who dwell in it shall languish he says together with the wild beasts of the open country and the birds of the heavens yes the fish of the sea also are what perishing because of the drought be collected and taken away he says but let none of y'all don't be wagging your little finger nobody he says don't yeah he says yet don't you don't strive against one another neither let a man reprove another do not waste your time and mutual uh, uh recrimination he says for with you my contention he says for with you is my contention he's talking to the people he's in covenant with he says my my contention is with you he says and particularly with you priest what because of the priest why because remember we talk about that pseudo jesus and that pseudo holy spirit and that pseudo gospel where you think they was getting that from from false apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers who have turned away from god's word and went after another doctrine he goes on to say he says and you stumble in the daytime and and the false prophets also stumble with you in the night and god says and i will destroy your land he says he says and my people he says because my people god saying this about his body of christ he says my people are being destroyed and they're being destroyed for a lack of knowledge but most people will stop there to see i told you it was on the pastors i told you it was on the apostles i told you it was on the prophets and and, and the evangelists and teachers he says but go on read he says because you rejected knowledge he says my people are being destroyed overtaken killed murdered all these kind of things is happening to them because they have rejected knowledge my knowledge that i've given unto them he says i also will reject you talking about the priest he says and seeing you have forgotten the laws the teachings and instructions of god god is saying to them he says look i told you to take my word and feed my people he says i told you to take my word my gospel go out the gospel of the kingdom preach it from every nation tribe and tongue all teaching them reminding them bring it back to the remembrance all the things in which i taught you but you made a decision that you was going to go another way you made a decision i don't want to i don't believe all that so what i'm going to do is i'm going to turn away from god's way and i'm going to go this way that's one of the strategies of the enemy to because ignorance is bliss your lack of instruction your lack of knowledge about a situation will keep you in the darkness and see you cannot do what you do not know you cannot walk in what you're not familiar with but guess what 
one of the greatest one of the biggest things that that is happening in 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 the in the world right now is brainwashing which is a which is a brainwashing and what his goal is religion and, and when you're just being flat out religious and you're not operating according to the kingdom of god or you're operating according to the world system it, it what it will do it is a systematic effort to persuade non-believers to accept a certain allegiance command or doctrine so what the what the what the world system does or what when you're operating outside of the kingdom of god it is a is they're trying to brainwash you and the brainwashing is is a systematic effort to persuade you to accept a certain allegiance or command or doctrine now it's more generally applied to any technique designed to do what manipulate human thought or action against the desire will or knowledge of the individual you don't even know that you're being brainwashed you don't even know that you're receiving a snow job because if you don't if the word of god is not the final authority in your life see most counterfeiters believe most people think that if in order to understand the counterfeit or to understand a lie what you got to do is you got to study that lie so much till you understand what it looks like but that's not how it works. When they teach you about counterfeit money and when they, we're teaching you about the things of God, you get so grounded in the word, you get so, that word so sown in your heart that when anything else presents itself that's different than what that word says, it'll stick out to you like a, like a sore thumb. It'll stick out to you like a polka dot pig running down the street with, with, with zebra stripes on. It will be that blatant to you because you are so rooted and grounded in the truth and they use three tactics in order to brainwash you in order to systematically persuade you to accept a certain allegiance or command or doctrine and and, and this whole goal is to manipulate your human thoughts or actions against your own desire and will or knowledge and this is the three ways that they do it number one they desensitize you what does that mean they expose you to the thing until it becomes your norm you exposed to it over and over and over and over i know when i worked in the emergency room we seen so much trauma on a day-to-day -day basis moment after moment after moment after a while it didn't even bother you anyway anymore it becomes the norm we talked about, I was talking to Juan earlier, Pastor Juan earlier about this, about when I was in Alabama and how, you know, the, the tornadoes would come through this particular area so often because that the people got to the point, it became such a norm to them. It became, it happened so frequently that they were so desensitized to it that they, they, uh, it became something that was normal to them. It was, it didn't even bother them anymore. It's the same thing when, it, when they started promoting, you know, about this, what the people call alternative lifestyle. What they did is they come bombarding you, bombarding you, bombarding with you so much till you became desensitized to you, till you believe that it was normal, even though it is not. Then the second strategy of their brainwashing is they jam you. In other words, they take two contradictory images and link them to something that is bad, like you know the Liberal Party and 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 and, and um, so or uh, racism or the the uh, Conservative Party and you know Bible thumpers. And, I mean, they try or 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 whatever it is, they try to take two images and they link them together to to uh, to something that is bad, like racism to to ageism to 
to sexism, to all kind of things. The goal is is to to do something or to convince you, uh, manipulate your human thoughts against your wills to line up with what it is that they want you to believe. And then the the final is the conversion. The conversion is when they actively make you like them. You where they desensitize you to wear you down to to uh, jam you to make you make these things if they're two things images together to make you think that it's something bad and their ultimate goal is to is to convert you to be just like them to you accept what it is that they believe but you know what that's not how the word of god works the way that the word of god works is simple the word of god is this number one i'm gonna tell you how do you counteract when you have ignorance is bliss number one you got to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You got to be transformed. Don't be con- no longer conformed to this world. Fashion your life after this world's practices. But be transformed or changed through renewing in your mind through the word of God. So you will never be able to operate according to the kingdom of God if you don't have your mind renewed according to the word of God. See, then when you have your mind renewed or changed, and by renewing your mind by the word of God, then you will be able to prove for yourself what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for whatever situation and circumstance you go in. You don't have to go out and learn about, you know, Buddha, or you don't have to go out and learn about, you know, Islam. You don't have to go about learning about Harry, Harry, Christian, our seven, our, 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 our uh, um, Jehovah Witnesses, I don't have to go out and learn all that to find out if it's fake or if it's false or true. All I have to do is renew my mind so much to the word of God that when I hear something that goes contradictory to what it is that his word says, I already know that's not true. I already know that that's not God's will. Number two, what is? how do you overcome ignorance and that has been bliss? First, you got to renew your mind. And not be conformed to this world, but have your mind renewed. Second, you have to make the word of God the final authority. Second, you got to make the word of God the final authority. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 15 talks about how the, the, the Holy Scriptures, he says, they are able to make one wise uh, through uh, for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16 says, all scripture has been given by inspiration of God for what? And it is profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. So when I make the word of God the final authority in my life, the word, whatever the word of God says, that's what I do. My emotions has nothing to do with it. My feelings about it has nothing to do with it. What my mama said doesn't have anything to do with it. What my government says has nothing to do with it. What does the word of God say? And that's my standard. Number three, or better yet, something else to support that is uh, Psalms 119 verse 130. Psalms 119 verse 130 says this. The entrance of your word gives light or gives clarity or gives understanding. It gives understanding to the simple. So when you allow God's word to to enter into you, it is light and it gives off understanding to you and it tells you the way that you should go. And number three, and this is where we're going to close. The third thing you need to do in order to overcome ignorance that has been blessed is this. You have to live intentional. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says this. It says, 
my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, talk about the words, they are life to you. And they still talk about the word. They are life to those who find it. And they are health to all your flesh. What it says, it says, when you get that word, when you get God's word, I was sharing this with someone this week. When you get God's word and you begin to open, open it up and you begin to look at it with your eyes and you begin to read it out loud to yourself and you get that word in the midst of your heart and you're giving attention to it because you're hearing yourself say it, then what's going to happen is it's going to go in through your eye gates. It's going to go through your ear gates. It's going to come out of your mouth gates and all three of those interests go down into your heart. And when you allow that word to get in your heart because you have spent time in it, whether you read it one time four times, seven times, whether you're reading five, five verses, three verses, two verses, and meditating or uh, reading it over and over and over throughout the day till you get it down in your heart, then it, what does it bring? It brings health and healing to all your flesh because you, verse 23 says, you want to keep that word. You want to guard your heart with all diligence. Why? He says, because out of your heart come the very issues of life. He says, man, a woman of God, you want to put away from you a deceitful mouth. He says, and you want to put a, a perverse or, 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 or tr twisted lips or that speak out lies or speak out things, take something that is good and turns it to something worse. He says, you want to put those perverse lips far from you. He says, now let your eyes look straight ahead. Don't be looking to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't be giving interest to mingle seeds. He says, but you want to look straight ahead and your eyelids are right before you. He says, ponder, consider your path, consider the ways that you will go. Cause it also says a, in a proverb, uh, sorry, Psalms, 119, I believe it's 133, it talks about how order my steps according to your word. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I consider the path that I walk. I consider the ways that I walk. And, and because I let your word be the lamp and it light, enlightens or sh uh, shines and tells me the way that I should go. Don't allow ignorance to be bliss. Don't allow yourself to be unlearned about the things of God because the adversaries, his, 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 one of his strategies is to get you to turn away from the things of God to follow after his ways. Now, why do you say that? What can you do about that? Man, well, we got a way out for you today. It's a simple, see, remember, correction, direction for protection to bring about perfection. See, according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this, that the word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saves, healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, healing, deliverance, and wholeness. God has made it available to you today, but you have to take the first step. What's the first step? Pray with me today. Confess it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. And he says, and you will get in right, right standing with him today, right now, and start your new journey. So pray this with me. Come on. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me 
on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he's put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive salvation now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you into right standing, welcome you back into right relationship with God. Remember, but now what do we do? What's the next step? Well, what did it say? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So you got to begin to transform or have your mind renewed and you have your mind renewed by the word of God, which means you got to get in a Bible based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and the love of God. Man, we know that uh, Ignite Depot is such a place. So if you want to join us here each Saturday at 6 p.m., we'd love to have, have you join us here online and everything as we share the uncompromised Word of God and show you in practical, relevant ways how to apply it to your everyday life. Man, if you if you enjoy this message, share it with somebody. You know, We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Or if you missed it and you want to catch up on this message and other messages, hey, go to our podcast at Ignite, the number two life. That's Ignite to Life uh, podcast. And you, you can find this and other messages that we've already preached. Then on behalf of Pastor Julian and myself and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember, Jesus is Lord. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.